Welcome to Outbound, where we talk about strategies and tactics to help you build deeper relationships with your ideal customers. On today's show, I have Andy Rogers. He's the VP of Business Development at KeyTech. Andy, welcome to the show. Joseph, thanks for having me. I'm a regular on podcasts now, so don't have to worry. Love it, man. Um, yeah, so Andy, what is your, what's your secret sauce for building relationships with your ideal customers? Yeah, so it's a great question, Joseph. And I, I think the heart of building relationships um, with ideal customers, it has to begin with you, right? As, as a person, you know, the founder of KeyTech, uh, Jenny Regan, I kind of learned under her how to go from being an engineer to sales and marketing and sort of just a uh, enterprising type person and personality. And it really boils down to being interested in in your prospective customer. If you're not interested in them as a person or what they're doing, uh, you're in the wrong job, like just flat out. You have to be interested in, in that, that person. Second, um, you know, so, so on that, you have to do your homework. You have to ask, interest. it's almost like a date. You know, you have to be really interested and it comes through if you're not. I think secondly, you know, you as a person, uh, need to be interesting. <laughs> so like, you know, we were just talking before we got on here about, you know, your trip, Joseph, I think you do a great job of, of being interesting. Right. And, um, and so, you know, read the news, like in, you know, absorb, read books, do anything, you know, have kids learn from that. Just, just be interesting. If you're not interesting, uh, that person on the other side of the, uh, the table won't be interested in you either. So, um, and, and I think also on, on the being interesting, um, theme, is who you're representing and what you're representing and selling. It needs to be interesting, right? So uh, make sure that you're not just sort of sharing some sort of bland service or whatever. It's, it, it has to be interesting and, and, and you know that. I feel like everyone in sales knows that. So, um, and then uh, lastly, I think once you're interested in the person and um, you know, you've, you've become interesting some, somehow, uh, I think like, interpersonal relationships 101 uh, to really get an edge you 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 have to find some commonality whatever that is maybe you both have cats maybe you you, you both like to ride bikes or um you both like to travel in my case you know when i started uh so i transferred from engineering to sales and the the founder ceo of the company was like good luck like here's a rough frame rough framework and yeah, go find the work, figure it out. And and what really worked for me was like working that commonality um, with people in the market that went to the same college as me. It's just something that sort of worked for me. I was like, literally like back against the wall. How do I find the next project? Like I can go network and go to these different conferences and things. We'll get into that. But um, you have to have an edge and some sort of commonality too. So that that's what worked for me is just nurturing the the college uh network that that i had not everybody went to college that, that that's fine but find your commonality um so yeah well, one thing that i'm kind of a theme that that i'm hearing is you can't just make it about trying to close a deal with somebody you know like in a sense the business aspects are table stakes and you gotta you have to have a product that is going to work and you have to but there's a lot of competition out there and from your prospect, a lot of times, no matter how hard you try to differentiate, they're most likely going to see you as similar in a similar category as somebody else that they've worked with. 
And if you don't find a way to have that personal connection and build trust with people outside of the actual work itself, then um, you're going to have a really hard time getting them to ever be interested in hearing about the actual work and the details and what differentiates you and, and all those aspects of the business. Yeah. Just as a person, you have to connect, right? Um, another just quick comment on that about, um, you know, building successful relationships. One of the things we struggle with at Keytech is, um, you know, you, you want to differentiate who you are, uh, so that you stand out, but at the same time, you don't want to come across as like so obscure <laughs> that, uh, people don't really even know what to do with you. So, you know, something, so example for us is like, we want to prove new technology works in products or like automate your science, which is like, also you could just say, Hey, we're a product development firm. Like, you know, like it's, it's, it's much more of a uh, well-known sort of phrase. And that, that, as you said, is table stakes. Now let me get to know you. So it's up to every sort of situation is that, you know, they're different. Yeah, and I feel like the more that you work in, it depends on the type of person, but if we're, t we're talking about relationships and so, you know, the type of customers that either of us are going to be looking for are, you know, typically not going to be just transaction based. And, you know, a lot of the people that, that uh, we're reaching with this show are going to be in the professional services side of things. And, you know, if you're selling professional services contracts, you're really selling your people, your organization, you're not always selling a product. Now it depends. I know you guys have some, some software type products and, you know, things like that, that come into play, but at the end of the day, you're not going to land a deal or land a deal that keeps going for a long time or land multiple deals from the same customer. If the people don't follow through on, on the other end, you know, if the relationship isn't strong, whereas if you're in something that is more transactional, you might be able to sell without the relationship and you're dealing with a procurement team on the other side, that's just trying to cut, you know, cut costs wherever they can and um, versus, you know, in, in, in a business where you're selling your people, where you're selling the expertise. And um, at the end of the day, success really depends on that relationship being successful. And I think people who have worked with a lot of vendors in the past understand that, you know, they've, everybody's made a bad vendor choice before where things seemed like they were great and you get into it and you're like, the relationship just doesn't work. And it's not necessarily the product or the service itself. It's that, relationship dynamic. And so if you're building that up front, like you're talking about, then there's more room to, to jump in and solve something. If the relationship goes in the wrong direction or, you know, if, or if something goes wrong, you know, you're able to jump in and use that relationship you've built to get things back on track, or, you know, there's a little bit more, uh, room to solve problems, solve complex problems when there's that base level of, of trust. Yeah. Yeah, and I've I've just been very fortunate at, at Keytech to you know to work at such a fantastic place where, as a salesperson, like I I want to find interesting work and good relationships for me personally. That's what gets me out of bed and what's in the best interest for Keytech. But once the project starts, I'm so fortunate that they are usually in, you know incredibly successful. And so I think it's really important. Like as you're selling whatever it is you're selling just make sure that it's, it's good. Right. Um, and if you're looking for a, a job or, you know, to find a service organization, you know, do your best to evaluate, you know, how good that vendor is. Cause you can make, you can be good at developing relationships and, um, nurturing them. But if, if ultimately the work product, uh, you know, is, is not, you know, what, it, what, it, what you think it could be or what you're promising even worse, then it's kind of a waste. So, um, 
tell me about a time or, you know, tell me, a, tell me a story about time where you've focused on being interesting, where you've seen that, you know, building that personal connection and rapport, where you've really seen that pay off. Yeah. I mean, a, a great example there, there's two and they all kind of, uh, are under a theme of, you know, sales and marketing and relationship building is a marathon. Another one of, if my team's watching is it's incredibly nonlinear. You have to just kind of keep at it. You know, all the things, Joseph, that, that you had at Proofpoint. I'm a proof, ex-Proofpoint customer. Uh, happy to talk about that if you're, if you're interested. But, um, you know, you have to put yourself out there. So uh, two examples. One, uh, you know, that, that college connection that, uh, that I finally made got us in the door at a global medical device company. Uh, great, great contact there. I knew we were good. I knew we could hit the project out of the park. We did. We finished the project. It was in Q4, a global conference in January. Uh, it, both the contact and myself were, were going to this to this conference. I said, "Hey, do you want to do a talk together? Let's just share this story. Like, it's hot off the press presses. Uh, I know you need to go secure patent, uh, you know, uh, patent applications before we start talking openly about this." And because of that, like rapport that we had established, uh, you know, that person was like, hey, let me go talk to IP at this global uh, firm. We're going to get this thing uh, filed. Let's do the talk. And we did the talk. Right. So, you know, it's not just like landing the project. It's if you have a good relationship, you can, you know, develop that and, and turn that into a, a talk at a global conference. And, you know, here we are. Fast forward. I don't know, you know, eight years later, and it's, it's more than 20% of our business, that, that vertical that, uh, that we're in. So it, it's these little seeds, you just got to keep at it. But I do think that like, you have to put yourself out there, A, to get the relationship and B, ask, it, it, it never hurts to ask. Like, I could have said, hey, great project, you know, and then reached out in Q1 the next year, like, hey, you know, what's new? Like, what else do you have going on? No, you have, to, another theme that a friend of mine told me years ago was like, you have to just contribute to the conversation, whatever that is. So you can't just be a leech. You have to drive the innovation. So that kind of thinking taught me like, hey, let's just ask this person. And um, we did the talk. The, the other kind of place where I've put this into practice is, you know, back on like being interesting. And, you know, as, as Proofpoint preaches, you know, you have to be a storyteller. And and one story that really came out just being key tech for a while was this one project that we worked on that um, cut corners isn't the right term, but hey, you know, we sort of hacked the program to get the product, a medical device product into a clinical trial in like, you know, six months shorter than if you had done it another way and saving like a million dollars in development. So I thought that was a pretty interesting story because this was actually a product that we were developing internally. And, you know, it's a great story to tell and you can tell it because it's, it's something that we were designing. And so we gave a talk at a, at a show. So this other theme of, Nonlinearity. Let's. What's an interesting story? Let's just do this talk, and we call the talk like "Speed to Clinical Data," and you know what we need. Every every startup company sort of needs this clinical data, and um, it went well. And fast forward five years later, and working with Proofpoint, you guys suggested a podcast, and the podcast is called "Speed to Data." So because that's really what our customers are interested in is is early data um, to inform you know their product development journey. So. Um, it, it, the commonality of these tactics are you know, got to be interesting, but you have to share s uh, this story externally. If you can tie it with the relationship, that's huge. And then, um, you know, just keep at it.
If you're in sales and using LinkedIn and you're not getting the traction you're looking for, you're gonna love our Social Selling Accelerator. It's a four week program where we work with you to create content that gets the attention of the right people and start conversations with your ideal customers on LinkedIn. Go to outboundshow.com for more information. Yeah, one thing that you're talking about, just kind of this um, overarching, again, theme that, that resonates with me is kind of this combination of marketing and sales activities. And you know, my role at Proofpoint, I'm the director of growth. And what we're really trying to do here is say, what are the things for marketing that really work well for driving revenue? What are the most important things? And then what are the most important things for sales for driving revenue? And where can those two pieces cross over to fill gaps that are normally really hard to fill? So for example, a lot of times for salespeople, it's really hard to get that initial conversation. You know, even, even for people that are very relational, how do you actually get the initial conversation with the right people? And then, you know, what are the pain points that are going to resonate with that person so that when you do ask them a question about what's going on, you can really get to that pain that they're experiencing quickly. And, you know, great salespeople are really excellent at doing that, but to expect every salesperson to be able to figure out that pain is challenging. So, you know, with what you're talking about there, it's you're, you as a salesperson are getting out there, you're on the front lines, you're kind of being seen as somebody who knows what you're talking about, you're interesting, you're so many people want to be around or talk with. And then by doing that, you're also naturally learning about the pain points in the market. And then you're translating those pains that you're learning about into, uh, you know, we could call it content, however you want to phrase it, you're sharing that at an event. And then when you share that at the event, it's giving this light bulb moment because you get a reaction from people there or start a conversation afterward and you go, man, this is really, we're really hitting on something here. Then you can take that back and then apply it to your messaging as a company and start using that messaging in your sales to help, you know, kind of close that loop between all of them. And um, I think especially in any kind of professional services or, you know, med tech, med device, engineering, where your people are the product, you know, essentially it's really key to um blend sales and marketing together a lot more than they traditionally have been agreed yeah i mean i, I think um just to, to comment on, on all of that i i think so it sounds very easy joseph i, I can tell you you've, you've uh, talked through that that process but i think the the basic approach is, is right you know you you can't market without being informed by the needs and that's where you learn it in sales does that make sense i also want to just stress that like you know Doing that effectively, marketing and sales, like driving new revenue, is incredibly hard. Uh, it, it is it is incredibly hard, and 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 maybe it's just from from my experience at Keytech, you know, being a, a twenty five uh, twenty five year old company, you know, it's just it's we're a bigger ship to steer and turn versus, you know, I, I'd always had these thoughts when, back when we were working together, and you you set us on a great trajectory there, Proofpoint. Like, you know, if I were like a founder CEO of like, you know, two, three person company, like all day, I'd be, I'd be podcasting like weekly, you know what I mean? Just to get out there and because I have to drive new revenue. And so, you know, just thinking, think about the size of your organization as we, as we get, as we're, you know, 75 people now at Keytech, it's, you know, how do we most effectively spend our marketing? We'll just talk about marketing, marketing dollars, um, uh, to, and, and not only dollars, but the time and effort it takes to generate that marketing um, content and, and what reward are we trying to get, get out of it um, versus other me ways we could go about generating new revenue. 
So, you know, there's a lot of like, you know, debates. We're not going to get into this, into it in this podcast, but uh, marketing, it, at least today for me, is as much brand building and nurturing our current network as it is identifying new customers. Uh, another um, sort of um, uh, sort of phrase that, that has stuck with me over the years is, uh, you know, everyone talk about, hey, we got to get referrals, you know, like referrals are the future. And, and, and I agree with that, but you have to give them something to refer. So it has to be marketing content. It has to be good, good work. Uh, certainly you could ask people, hey, can I get a referral? And there are ways to go about doing that. But I've always thought that, you know, you want to get referrals, but you got you to give people something to, to forward on to people. You know, maybe it should just be memes, Joseph. I don't know. I send a lot of memes on Instagram and, and LinkedIn and maybe not as much LinkedIn, and, you know, um, but, you know, you know, yeah. So give, give people things to refer. Yeah. And that's where that, that blend kind of of doing something like a podcast or a show is nice because you're creating content with your sales people or sales, you know, I would be an advocate of having a salesperson uh, or somebody involved in the selling process be hosting the podcast just because the, you're the one that's going to be talking to the customer. And if they've already seen your face, you know, it makes it a lot easier to get that initial conversation going. But then you you can get these little marketing pieces that people can see and you're nurturing your clients, you know, and you're kind of doing making a much more efficient use of your budget by doing that, that type of content than just um, writing a random blog post about something that somebody found interesting. It's like, I'm not going to say that that's not valuable, but when you have a limited budget, it's like, how do you maximize across the different things that you're doing and try to get the most value? And um, anyway, I know you guys have found value from doing a show and, and doing that piece too. Yeah. It's, it's a, uh, it's like all marketing, it's sort of an intangible value, um, and, um, you know, as you said, I think you said in some comment somewhere, you're an, a recovering blogger or something like that, or SEO specialist, you know, kind of feel that way too. You kind of have to do it all. And, and what makes sense? Like sometimes you need to just, yeah. So, well, sometimes you need to just translate your expertise in a blog, put it out there. Cause you can still share. It's not like clicks and likes and all of a sudden people pick up the phone. It's sales collateral. You can send it if people click on mysterious links these days, but you know, just, point people to your expertise. It doesn't always need to be just a video or a podcast. Yeah. And I like that point people to your expertise is a great way to say it. Um, so I know you already went over quite a few, but maybe just pick one, one thing that somebody could take away uh, from listening to the show that they could um, apply to start being more personable. I, I don't know exactly how, <laughs> if you have a tip for being more interesting, but yeah. Um, yeah, man, that's a tough one. I mean, I, I've, I've mentioned like, you, you just have to be interested in the person. You have to be interesting. I think if you, if you stick at it, like, you know, it's, it, it will work, right? If you're representing a, a good organization and you truly are at your, you know, in your heart, you want to help these people, you know, you know, develop their products or, you know, market their service, whatever it is, you have to truly want to help that person. And so if you stick with it for a while, like you, you will get customers. Um, and, and I think another point I'll, I'll mention, I feel like my life is just full of sort of anecdotes that I remember and, you know, put stored in memory like everyone else. But uh, one, one comment, a friend of mine, like um, started a blog and sold it for eight, like um, eight figures. He's an engineer, just like wow. me in a cubicle at, uh, at Northrop Grumman. Now he's, he sold his blog. And one comment he had that also has stuck with me is you have to, cultivate and nurture your network. And so what that means is like, mm. um, you know, 
if you put your head down, you're selling, you know, you're doing what you need to do to try and generate revenue. And then like step back at, at certain times, six months, a year, and, and look at, look at the people that are now, you know, your tribe and what can you do to cultivate and nurture that network? Maybe they, you need to introduce two people. Love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe you need to um, introduce somebody you've met with, with someone within your company, just, just network. I think that really, uh, you know, my buddy who sold his website for eight figures, he knew what he was doing, right? He's, you're, you're networking with all these different people that are subscribers, sharing, growing your brand. Just don't forget about that, that piece of, uh, of sales. It's like nurturing who you've got and, and make the most out of what you, what you have. Um, you know, it, it's easy to get lost in the trap of what's the next podcast? What's the next blog? What's yep. the next conference? Like you got to nurture, nurture who you have as well. Cause that's also part of that loop of uh, informing the, the marketing and sales. So it's easy to get kind of get lost or run open loop, you know, um, just trying to drive to the next event or whatever it is. So. And it's really the lowest hanging fruit too, right? I mean, your best chance at getting a sale is going to be somebody that you already have a relationship with. So, you know, even if you're, whether that's through a referral or they actually have a need that's come up since the last time that you talked to them or whatever that is. So, you know, both from the nurturing relationships just for the long term, that's good for you. It's good for your business. But then also if you are being tracked on revenue and that's the most important KPI for you as an individual, then um, the easiest way is going to be go to go back to people that are already that you already know. Yeah. So, so Joseph, I know that sounds kind of bland. So let me give like an like an example. So obviously you want your network to be as influential as possible, right? Like uh, influential in the decisions they make as a company, influential influential in the industries that they're in. I'm going to a networking event tomorrow night in Boston. Um, a handful of you know CEO executive types that uh, why do they want to meet with me? You know, at a dinner, uh, and I'm going to do my homework as best I can. But I'm also going to leverage my network. I'm going to look on LinkedIn. I'm going to see who these people are connected to, and one executive I have in mind, who's a friend of Keytech, sent a bunch of work our way, cultivating the relationship. I, I want to ask him if he, you know, the ones that he's commonly connected with, like, who do you think are these three people I should probably meet with? Do you mind making an introduction for this dinner? Like you got to nurture and cultivate that, that network, leverage the network. So otherwise you're, you're just going to be running open loop, you know, out in the cold, like every day. And you, you shouldn't have to do that. Yeah. And that's where people get burnt out where they're like, the very, 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 very small minority of salespeople who are just like wired to, you know, call a hundred people a day. But the amount of people that can do that and who like doing that are so few and far between. And, you know, they're not always the best at the long term either. You know, they might be good at getting that initial relationship, but they might not be the best people to be nurturing those accounts because they are always looking for what's next. So if you're looking to build well-rounded sales team and, you know, and, and sales organization, really making sure that you're giving enough breathing room for people on your team and for yourself to actually do that. Cause what you're talking about takes creative energy, it takes time. It takes, you know, real intentionality. And if you don't set aside time to do that piece of it. Um, and I think, it, I mean, in my experience, that takes a good amount of time. It's not a crazy amount of time, but if you're going to be doing that regularly, you know, you have an event coming up or you have whatever, you know, or you're trying to, get a podcast guest on and, and they have a mutual connection, taking that extra time to do that. Uh, I think you'll get the results faster in the long run, but you know, it's, it takes more effort to really go through that process. Yeah. And it's an ever going thing. Like, you know, prune it. 
that's another thing like prune the network like forget about the ones you know no offense to whoever's watching like the one stick stay closer to the ones that might be more influential that you think in, in the long run you know it's just you can't do it all all the time you have to kind of prioritize as best you can with your network so so Andy, what is the, what's the wildest thing that's ever happened to you so far in your sales career? Yeah, man. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just like older and dull. Like I don't have any fresh, fresh like experiences. So I, I asked my team and there, there's a, there's a handful I probably can't repeat on the, on the podcast, but uh, one, you know, there was one theme where uh, there was a sales meeting that uh, somebody had set up and uh, we assumed it was virtual. Like, I think, I don't know whether it was working at home or whatever. And then the client showed up to key tech. <laughs> so, yeah. So make sure you clarify that. And, and there's a whole host of the, uh, uh, the other, other ones of just coming out of COVID where everybody was working from home and, you know, their, their cameras on or off and you see things maybe you shouldn't and all that kind of, all that kind of stuff, but nothing, nothing too crazy. Uh, I wish I was more interesting, Joseph. <laughs> Come on. You're the, he'd been telling me about how you have to be interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there are a couple, yeah, there are a couple, you know, that where people start confiding in you, you know, like, you know, kind of details, which, which is a good sign as a, as a salesperson, but, but, you know, you're, you're not going to repeat that. Yeah. <laughs> you go out to a conference dinner, everybody's had maybe a couple more drinks than they should have. <laughs> people start saying things that, yeah, might not make good for a podcast, but are quite, quite interesting stories. Well, Andy, thank you so much for joining me for the show today. Really appreciate you jumping on. Joseph, thanks for having me. Best of luck.